We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to another edition of Dynasty Cast on Rotoviz Radio, brought to you by the Blue Wire Network and our friends over at Underdog Fantasy. Once again, we're back with that 100% deposit match. You got to wait until at some point in the show, we will drop that code for you. And so stay tuned for that. I am joined by the one and only Dan Sanyo. How's it going, Dan? It's going. It's um, we got I got a little bit of we got sprinkled with some news today. Nothing. Nothing completely chaotic, but uh, a little, a little, a little something, something to uh, keep people from going crazy this off season. So it's um, it's kind of getting to that lull point in the summer, though, where we don't really have much rookie stuff to deal with. You know, most free agents are signed. Camp is starting. Sure, the lists are official or kind of official. Uh, so I, we're kind of scratching and clawing for anything at this stage, but. I think we, we've got a little bit of content. Yeah, we definitely have some stuff to talk about from fantasy-wise. And, yeah, I think that we, we kind of talk about this with the NFL season where we often, you know, it's the, the, the lead up is is really the talk now. And then we have a week's worth of training camp news, and that's where we'll have, okay, this player got hurt in training camp. This player is going to get the RB1 role here. This player is, you know, going to get the tight end two role here. Uh, but right now we're just – we're – we're get, getting checked into the to the training camp hotel, the training camp uh, dorm room, and uh, we'll see what that looks like. Um, we'll start off with uh, my Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Hashtag my Buccaneers. Uh, they have some news. They got uh, news abundance. They have uh, they they simultaneously at the exact same time. They didn't want either of them, <laughs> either of these th- pieces of news to come out before the other. They have signed Julio Jones, uh, one of the greatest wide receivers to ever live, who looked like dust in 2021. And they ha- have not, N-O-T, not put Chris Godwin on the pers- uh, personally, on the physically <laughs> unable to perform list. I am personally are- unable to perform. He physically is unable to perform. <laughs> um, uh, 
Uh, so he he's able to practice right away. Uh, Russell Gage is in his Buccaneer uniform, and honestly, the most uh, you know interesting of all, Ron, uh, Ronald Fournette, Ronald Fournette, and Leonard Leonard Jones. Leonard Fournette is not fat. Which of these is the biggest news for you, Dan? Well, I think Godwin not going on the pup list is pretty massive, considering not too long ago it sounded like he was almost a lock to miss those first six games. But, you know, who them adding Julio is, I don't want to say reminiscent of them adding Antonio Brown, because I don't think Julio has the potential to make as big of an impact as Antonio Brown was making and could have made had he not completely went crazy and stormed off the field. But, I mean, Julio's still a problem. That's a big red zone body. Uh, I think what they'll probably end up doing is not only putting him on a pitch count, but basically just using him in the red zone. Think about that red zone offense with Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Julio Jones, Leonard Fournette. Uh, I mean, and and the, the greatest passer of all time, Tom Brady. That seems like an unstoppable force, and I don't think there's a defense in the league that stands a chance. Yeah, it's going to be a common trope coming out, of, especially with Chris Godwin not going in the pub. But I think Julio Jones does serve as the Rob Gronkowski replacement. Oh, they did yeah. sign between the last show and, and now they also signed Kyle Rudolph. So how I look at the, the Tampa offense is Julio Jones is going to get a lot of the, the Gronk targets. Kyle Rudolph has got kind of a slight upgrade over the Cameron Brate targets. And then if Chris Godwin is able to play, you know, week two, week three, week four, this offense has a chance to be just as explosive as it was, you know, in 2021 when they led the league in passing yards, led the league in passing attempts. But I think that the the biggest fantasy impact, I think that for the most part, Julio Jones is just fine. He's going to be, you know, a wide receiver five, wide receiver six in fantasy. I don't expect him to do much, you know, outside of Godwin not playing or Mike Evans injury. Chris Godwin, I am not expecting a ton, even if he does play or not, but I He'll, he will be solid. Um, I, I, my my laser in, in, in is on Leonard Fournette. Um, for anyone who has not the star one and maybe Rashad White, that still could obviously be the case if Leonard Fournette, you know, dropped his, you know, playing weight the last couple of years. But I, I do think that people could have taken a leap too far with Fournette, and he's still going to be a you know low end RB one, high end RB two, and best offenses well the big thing i mean obviously them them losing gronk opens up you know between 80 and 90 ish targets somewhere in there and i I still don't think people realize how involved fournette was in the passing game last year he was like third or fourth on the team in targets he had over 80 targets almost 70 catches and that's significant i mean he he is one of the only real workhorse backs, uh, you know, if you're going to kind of go based on the definition of him essentially being in there for all three downs. Sure, he had less than 200 carries, but considering his involvement in the passing game, uh, I just there's not many guys for the price that are going to be doing more. So, um, you know, we, we, we've been dealing with this Lenny offseason, you know, the hashtag fat offseason. Uh, news with you know people comparing him to like Eddie Lacy and the whole nine yards and every year he shows up and he's he's fine it's it's more his his body's health rather than just his physical weight that has been the issue in the past and he was mostly healthy last year he missed missed a few games but I think uh, I think he genuinely is I think you can lock him into RB one 
uh, rank. I, I don't even think it's like a low end RB one, high end RB two. I, I I think he will be because of how this offense is built and and because of the amount of targets he's getting that he will without a doubt be a top twelve running back uh, in dynasty fantasy whatever you want to call it. Without a lack of passing volume, if if we see success from Rashad White early, and I I, I this is the actual question. This is the other part of the question is that some people are starting to, you know, look at the list of day two running backs that the, the running the Buccaneers have selected over the last five or six years. And it is a list of absolutely terrible NFL running backs. Okay. Um, but the rest of them, Kashawn Vaughn, Charles Sims, you know, uh, players like that. Do, does that sort of list concern you with White? Or do you think that's just a, a string of bad luck by, by the Buccaneers and drafting running backs? I think they're just grasping at straws, hoping hoping to find something. I, I'm, I'm not a... I, you know, he's got the numbers to back up, you know, being worth the draft capital. I, I don't think the tape necessarily matches up, but it is impressive number in a power five conference school doing doing what he did in college. There wasn't really anybody better in the draft, to be fair, it's from a numbers game. But I still I still don't think he's touching any of, of Leonard's, you know, real work. I, I, I think they keep Vaughn involved if he's healthy i think giovanni bernard is still on the team and he'll still probably be pushing to get touches because we've seen in the past he can he can play well uh even if it's very limited amounts i mean he he can he can do things on the field on the football field still so i think rashad white's probably got uh a little a little work to do in order to find some real meaningful touches but you know, it, it, later on in the season, it it could become his show. It, he could end up being one of those league winner types where they shut down Fournette to get him ready for the playoffs, and you know, all of a sudden, Rashad White is that guy, and he's getting all of those touches. So, I I don't think he's necessarily a, a, you know got a ton of potential long term in dynasty, but I do think there's a, an easier avenue for back half of the season points rather than early on let's move on out west to some news with san francisco 49ers uh there's been some speculation about you know the 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 detractors for trey lance uh from a redraft perspective has been well he doesn't even have the starting job yet or do we even know jimmy g's not the starter and yada yada there was no chance they were going to invest three first round picks in a player (laughs) and not start him by year two um, and that is the case. Uh, Kyle Shanahan basically had a meeting. Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch had a meeting with Jimmy Garoppolo saying they are officially moving on to Trey Lance. And I think that the, the takeaway here is that they're going to have to cut Garoppolo. They have shown their hand. They know, I think this is them officially giving up. Like the, the Browns took so long to trade Baker because they needed to find somebody to take on the money. The Niners have not find not, not found someone to take on the Jimmy Garoppolo contract. And so I think that when we get into like early August, mid August, I don't think they're going to string along Garoppolo to like cut day in September where I, like, I don't think they would do that to him. Even if they know that the minute he's dropped, he's going on, on a bus, a train or a plane straight to Seattle. Yeah, I would assume so. Uh, you know, and that might New York, the, the Giants might even get involved there as well. I think that's a team that thinks that they can compete before the, the actual roster is ready to compete. And I think they also think that Jimmy G would be a massive upgrade to Daniel Jones. And while that realistically maybe isn't a massive upgrade, it's at least a coherent quarterback. But I do think Seattle's the cleanest line to draw. 
there's also an outside chance Pete Carroll, for whatever reason, likes Drew Locke. Who knows? But yeah, the as, as soon as they, you know, they st- stated that they had this meeting and they told Jimmy that Trey was the guy and they gave, I mean, they might as well have just taped it to their forehead. They're going to have to drop Jimmy uh, unless somebody swoops in and, and makes them cover their whole, his whole salary or like half of it at the very least and offers them like a conditional 2027 fourth round, you know, whatever. I don't think they'll ever get that much, but is is there any chance – now, I, I don't think they're going to string him along and, and cut him at the end of training camp. Is there any chance they just tell Jimmy, you're the QB2 for the San Francisco 49ers? Um, I don't I, – I mean, there's always a chance. I, I would think they'll do better by him. I mean, they've been reasonably successful with Jimmy G. Obviously, uh, not as successful as they want to be, as, as successful as they hope Trey Lance can make them be. But I, I would assume that that – that franchise will do right by him. Um, I mean, he's he's kind of stuck in there and and rolled with the punches as well. So even when they traded all those picks for Trey Lance, he was still, you know, he was there ready to go, probably knowing this day wasn't too far off. And, uh, I mean, he's he's been good for him. So hopefully they do the right thing. And if they can't find a, a trade partner to, I mean, anywhere where he can start right away, I think they have to cut him. And, and I would assume they'll cut him sooner rather than later. Maybe... Maybe by the end of the week, maybe the end of the next week. I don't think he's long for that roster. So the, the last dynasty component to this is what is Jimmy Garoppolo's trade value now in Superflex Dynasty, and what is it going to be the day he signs with the star, the Giants, the Seahawks, or somewhere else? Well, he's probably hard to sell right now, but if you've got if you've got your twenty twenty three picks and you're a contending team looking for a QB3 for your roster or even just looking to flip value quick, to be honest, it's probably worth a late two just to try to go grab him. And, you know, even with the little tiny bit, the sliver of risk that he isn't starting in 2023, even though I, I think he's probably better than six to eight of the current starters, maybe half of those are just physically locked in because of either contractual stuff or for draft capital. So there's, you know, even Pittsburgh could potentially be in play. You know, they're Trubisky and, and Kenny Pickett. I think we all know Kenny Pickett's not ready to start. We all know Mitch Trubisky isn't a football player. So uh, Jimmy could make a little bit of sense there if he goes just kind of on a, a team-friendly deal. But I, I think if you can go get him for a middling pick, you know, you're not going to be able to get him for like a super low ball offer. But some teams might just be looking to get out for whatever they can. Uh, at, but like I said, at this stage, it's kind of tough. I wouldn't be buying once he signs because then the price will skyrocket unless he goes to a team with an aging quarterback where he's just the backup for now. But I would doubt that's going to be the case. Uh, but yeah, if you can if you can throw some random offers out, you know, maybe maybe a, a late two and a flyer to try to grab to try to grab him if you need quarterback depth. You know, he, he's going to be playing at some point. Yeah, I, I my my position here is that I think right now an early three and maybe uh, a four or an early three and end of bench player gets you him right now. I think that when he signs elsewhere with the pro- projection of of starting at least in twenty twenty two, I think that his price increases to like that two hundred five to two hundred seven range, which obviously you can't exactly project exactly because you know you don't know where those picks are going to be. But I, I do think that there's going to be at least some increase in value from 
from today, the day that Jimmy G is on the Niners roster, to that day, the day that he's on someone else's roster, projected to start in 2022. But now, to, be, to be fair, though, right. if he goes to Seattle where he has weapons in DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett, and now you know a somewhat formidable backfield. Not obviously, we'll we'll move on to that you know in a minute. But I think he might even sneak into the like a late first round pick type value if he does go somewhere that that has weapons. You know, if it was the Giants, I, I think I, I would I, that would probably be the least valuable situation from my perspective for him to go to. I think if it was Pittsburgh, that would be great. There's always been fantasy production there. Uh, I still think Seattle could be fairly decent, even though that is a run-first team. Uh, I, I think Jimmy's not super far off of being able to be somewhat efficient on limited volume. The only problem is he doesn't have the upside of the legs that Russell Wilson had or that Mitch Trubisky has in Pittsburgh right now, that Daniel Jones has in New York right now. So, uh, you know, it, it's limited upside no matter where he goes. But I do think the floor is could be significantly elevated uh, if he goes to a spot that has an actual offense in place. Now let's go to that Seattle backfield, as you mentioned. Chris Carson has retired. I don't think anyone was particularly factoring in Chris Carson into the Rashad Penny, Kenneth Walker conversation. I was one of the people who was like, hold on a second. Like, let's not count Chris Carson out yet. Because I, I do still think that from a help, wait, like not factoring in health, I still still think he's a very talented running back and a guy who can, you know, put up an 800, 900 yard season. Not the case anymore as they've invested in Kenneth Walker, Rush Penny, and then of course he's retired medically. Uh, so the the biggest impact here is I think that anyone who was who was hesitant on Penny, thinking that Car- Carson would then vulture the the veteran carries and Walker would be the the young the young RB one A one B. Not going to be the case anymore. So I think it's a slight it's a slight bump for Rashad Penny. I don't think it means much for Kenneth Walker. Um, but you know, very good career for a guy who is a, a late rounder that you know unfortunately ended a little bit early. Well, there's a chance here that this is a a fifty fifty split. Yeah, I know that they they use the draft capital on Kenneth Walker. They bring Rashad Penny back for essentially a prove it deal. He'll be an unrestricted free agent twenty twenty three. But if you can bring your rookie along a little bit slowly, try to get him, you know, more acquainted to the NFL speed and to an NFL offense. I, I think that there's a good shot. Rashad Penny and Kenneth Walker are just 50, 50 in this backfield in 2022 potential for Penny to get a, a, you know, a third contract in 2023. If he plays well, if he stays healthy, which is the biggest question, but from what we saw last year in, in that limited work, when he was getting some some real touches, I mean, he looked better than Chris Carson to me. And I know that Chris Carson has struggled with the injury bug, obviously now retiring because of the neck injury. But I'd argue that Penny in the limited work last year looked better than Chris Carson at any point. Uh, more efficient, just, I mean, he, he can break, him, break the game wide open on really any touch. I, I still think he's one of the better pure rushers in the in the league. And I said that of him coming out. If he's healthy, he can be a difference maker for an offense. So uh, I think they'll bring Kenneth Walker along a little bit slower. And I do think Rashad Penny is going to have a real role in this offense. It's not going to be a bell cow. I, I don't think there's going to be a ton of volume through the air for him uh, because I don't think he excels at that. I think Kenneth Walker will get a lot of that work. But, uh, you know, a high volume running offense, especially with mediocre quarterback play, 
there's going to be a lot of opportunity for both of these guys, most likely to, you know, to have over 150, 180 uh, carries. And then we'll see who gets the, the work through the air. But I think both of these guys, uh, you know, potentially represent some really nice fantasy points in 2022. And, you know, Penny's still 26. You know, he, he hasn't done a lot in his time. He's been banged up, but not a, not a lot of wear on those tires. So there's there's potential he could kind of surpass the norm of, of running backs existing past 27 if he can truly find some health here. All right, let's move on to our next topic, which is the pup list. We've got a few guys making the physically unable to perform list. We have Hollywood Brown and Max Williams. You didn't write Max Williams down, Dan. I don't know what your uh, your is it uh, one X or two X's is my question. Two two X's and Max <laughs> Max Williams, Clyde Edwards-Alaire, and Michael Thomas makes the pup list for the eighth straight year. So, uh, any underreactions, overreactions, reactions for these three? I I I think that we're we're seeing that this is just going to happen now that the way the pup works in in the off season, this is just going to happen in the opening of camps. I think the the one worry I, I would have here is Michael Thomas still isn't healthy. I'm not worried about Hollywood Brown or Ceh. Well, and for clarity, Hollywood made the NFL list, not the physically unable to perform list. So he can be activated at any point to practice. So that that's a little less worrisome. But CEH not being back and ready, that I mean, that's probably going to open the door for Andy Reid to really see Ronald Jones in, in the light that a lot of dynasty owners and fantasy owners have seen him, saw him in college. And, you know, we, we all still have that little glimmer of hope that he could be the guy. But also Jarek McKinnon. Uh, again, I'm going to keep stringing him along. You put him in an offense with, with a quarterback like that. Uh, I mean, he, he is dangerous in space. If CEH isn't ready, we're going to see both of those guys uh, a decent amount early on, especially now that the passing game is going to look different. You, you need playmakers with the ball in their hands. Yeah, they still have McCall Hardman. Uh, but McKinnon can can you know kind of create those plays as well, and then uh, like you said, Michael Thomas still not being healthy after what seems like a decade of him being on some form of a list, whether it's the IR, whether it's the pup list, the commissioner's list, the NFL list, who knows how many lists there are. He needs to stop being on them and figure it out because it's starting to get a little bit ridiculous. I will say. Uh, it makes me feel a little bit more uh, optimistic about uh, some Jarvis Landry potential fantasy points because at, at originally I was, you know, I was a little bit concerned that that he wasn't going to get that opportunity if if Michael Thomas was back that he would just essentially be a ball hog. Uh, but you still have Chris Olav as well, who uh, this could potentially be good for as well. You know, we we've seen you know the Jamar Chases and the Justin Jeffersons they kind of start. They start off, you know, you get a couple of big bang plays and then a couple of big bang weeks, and then all of a sudden you're the best wide receiver in the NFL. I'm not saying that Chris Olav necessarily is that, but I think he could kind of build up in that same pattern if he is able to be on the field and get those looks early on. So maybe Michael Thomas not being around is is good for the development of Chris Olav, but also maybe it's bad. Maybe maybe he's going to work better against the third DB again in defenses. Maybe. Uh, or the second DB, if and then if, if that's the case, then Jarvis Landry should just eat this year. But uh, that's assuming Jameis Winston can hit the broadside of a barn. 
And let's move on to something we don't see very often. I feel like we see it probably like once every like two or three years. We have a high-profile rookie holdout. We have Reese Hall holding out. Um, there's not really a money version of this. It's usually something to do with some sort of language, whether it's a practice bonus or, um, you know, a, a weigh-in performance thing. There's different, you know, different clauses that teams try to sneak into those rookie contracts that sometimes agents are like, no, 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 you're not going to find my client X amount for every dollar, uh, every pound overweight, yada, yada. So we'll, we'll see how long this, this stretches out. I mean, training camp did, did or does start, you know, this week, early uh, Monday, Tuesday. So there's a chance that by this come, by the time this comes out on Wednesday night, Thursday morning, that that Brees Hall is, has resigned. Um, but if he hasn't resigned by the time this is in your ear holes, what are what are our concerns, Dan? Well, I mean, I mean, we've seen it before, whether it's with injuries, with holdouts, with whatever guys that miss time early usually struggle early on. Usually they're behind the eight ball. They're not up to speed on the offense, up to game speed uh, or potentially, you know, in, in game shape. You know, being on that practice field, being in those meetings, doing all of those things is very important, especially for a young player. So to me, it's a little bit concerning that it'd be a slower start than maybe we were anticipating. Um, and you know, this is a pretty important piece of this Jets offense that we're expecting to completely 180. And, and you know, they've got the bodies, they've got the, the real weapons now where they could be scary. And removing one of those big pieces is not ideal for a for Zach Wilson's development, but just the Jets in general on offense. Uh, if he's not going to be there, I have zero faith in Michael Carter. I know some people are still, you know, banging the drums for Michael Carter. I, I don't see it. I didn't see it, and I I still don't think he's going to be a thing. He's a clear cut backup in my eyes. But if Brees isn't there, that changes the whole dynamic. So I think the floor drops the longer he holds out because that's just further behind that he'll be. I still don't think that he's not going to be like starting week one. He'll probably still have a decent amount of volume, but it's probably not going to be great volume. It won't be efficient the whole bit. So um, I'm not like worried for his long-term dynasty value. It's a short-term points thing. I wouldn't be drafting him in best ball leagues. I wouldn't be drafting him in, in any season long stuff at his current ADP. Um, That just seems like a losing proposition, but long-term, no, no real worries there. I, I still think that he can be a good NFL running back. I, I don't necessarily see the the original, the early on Matt Forte comps. Uh, sure, everybody's looking for that, you know, that best possible scenario, but it, it, it's a short term issue. All right, before we get into some keep trade drop, let's talk about our friends over at Underdog. Well, I just said best ball, Nathan. I, I said the season long stuff. Best Ball Mania 3 on Underdog right now. You could go draft Brees Hall if you wanted to. Hey, maybe he ends up being a league winner. Maybe maybe that best ball, you know, maybe he's that best ball asset. The guys that we've talked about in the past being great best ball assets. Well, you can go draft a whole bunch of best ball assets at Underdog in their Best Ball Mania 3 draft. That's right. Best Ball Mania 3, folks. And this year, $10 million prize pool. You heard that right. M in millions, $10 million prize pool. The best part is you just draft. You don't set lineups. You're not doing waivers. There's no trading, even though trading is kind of fun. I don't know if you know, Nathan, but this podcast is built around trading. Uh, 
So that part, you know, whatever. It's part of best ball. No in-season management, though. It's set it and forget it, but you won't be forgetting it because by the end of the season, you'll be counting all of that money. And speaking of counting money, with your first deposit today, Nathan, you can get up to $100 match. All you have to do is use code ROTOVIZ, R-O-T-O-V-I-Z, code ROTOVIZ on your first deposit. Underdog's giving you up to $100 free. That's just that that's quite literally free money. You can go get extra extra spots in the Best Ball Mania 3. You can play the other regular Best Ball contests. You could go play the Pick'em games. I mean, they they're just they're just trying to help you win more money. So, go visit our friends at Underdog. Make sure you use code RotoViz on your first deposit and just enjoy folding that extra money. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. All righty, let's get into a quick edition of Keep Trade Drop. Keep Trade oh, Drop. Oh, I like that. That was a different one. There you go. Keep Trade Drop. Keep Trade Drop. We're going to go in weird order because that's how Dan typed it. And I will mm-hmm. never. I am Dan. I'm Dan. I am Dan Burgundy or Ron Burgundy. And I will never <laughs> not read the prompter. Keep Trade Drop. First one, wires your position. Darnell Mooney, Gabriel Davis. And Juju Smith-Schuster. I'll start us off here. I think the easy trade here is Gabriel Gabriel Davis. Uh, I don't see him getting the volume that many are anticipating in that Buffalo offense. Not because he's not talented. Not because uh, this or that. 
it just seems like there's going to be other ways for players to get involved in that Buffalo offense. Stephon Diggs obviously going to get up the lion's share of the targets. Dawson Knox, even though I you know worry about his target share, is going to take some targets away. Um, I think people are just going to be over entranced by the four touchdown playoff game, and you know they have been all off season. So I'm, I'm trading Gabriel Davis at, and knowing that I can, you can squeeze the most value out of here. Next, the keeper, the drop between Darnell Moody and, and Juju Smith Schuster. I I think this kind of depends on team structure. I think both these guys are going to put, put up similar numbers in 2022, um, and so you would think, okay, just go with the younger guy, Darnell Mooney. But I think that Juju has a slightly higher ceiling due to being connected with one Patrick Mahomes, and so if you want that ceiling play, you would keep uh, Juju. If you want to, you want to have more, uh, you know, long term upside, maybe Darnell Mooney is your choice. Um, but not to just give a three different scenarios. I'm going to say uh, I'm trading Gabriel Davis. I'm going to keep Juju for the ceiling of this year, and I'm going to drop Darnell Mooney. Okay. Well, I too was going to trade Gabriel Davis, but I'm going to go the disrespectful route, and I'm just going to drop him because <laughs> I it makes me irate the, how high he was being drafted. It started to slow a little bit. It's not as crazy as it was, but – I, I I can't un- begin to understand how he was going ridiculously high in, in drafts. You know, you still have Stefan Diggs. I don't, have you heard of him? Uh, Dawson Knox, like you've said, I, we you know, there's, there's a little bit of worry of the short-term stuff, but he was such a, a big role in that offense last year that I don't really think that they'll go away from what was working. The running backs, you still have Devin Singletary. You still have Zach Moss. You bring in James Cook and... That's a lot of, of potential mouths to feed. Obviously, all of them aren't going to eat simultaneously, but they're going to be involved. You still have you, you bring in Jamison Crowder, who I think is a problem, especially when you put him in the slot. He's going to be running all over the place. He's been he's been very good in that position for essentially his entire career when he's been healthy. And let's not forget about the potential for Isaiah McKenzie just Getting the ball in the open field and using his speed, I, I feel like it's easier to get him the ball than it is Gabriel Davis. You know, the, the big splash plays down the field are awesome. They're fun. They're important for an offense. But I see Gabriel Davis as more of a complimentary wide receiver than an alpha or, or even a number two, potentially. I, I just think he works more as just that downfield threat guy. I think he's very good there, but... You can't throw it deep every single play. So I'm going to be disrespectful and just straight up drop him. I'm actually going to keep Darnell Mooney here because I think he has potential to be a high-end wide receiver too. I'm banking on Justin Fields making that leap. But the big part of it is who else is catching passes in Chicago? 73-year-old Velas Jones isn't. Uh, Cole Komet is hashtag bad. David Montgomery should be fine. But... I've got a lot of eggs in the Darnell Mooney basket, so I'm I'm keeping him, and I'm going to trade Juju just to get what I can get out of him. I do think that he produces this year, and it's it's not a, it's a non-zero chance that he sees the type of work that we saw sophomore Juju, that that like 1500 yards type Juju. That's in the realm of possibilities, Nathan. I, you know they still have Travis Kelsey. Uh, but he can only do so much. 
And I don't think that running game is going to be doing a ton for them between the tackles. So uh, I think Juju has short-term the highest floor, which I know you said ceiling. I think Juju has a higher floor. And I think if Justin Fields becomes what we think Justin Fields could be, I think dynasty in, in dynasty terms, Darnell Mooney has a higher ceiling for long-term right. value. Yes, no, I, I think that when I'm talking about ceiling, I'm talking about in 2022. Yeah, sure. I, I think that I think that Juju, like Juju, has legitimate wide receiver one ability or wide yeah. receiver one outcomes. I don't necessarily see that for Mooney, even as much as I love Fields. I think that if Fields explodes and Mooney explodes, that still results in like a 15 to 18 wide receiver season for Mooney. Well, this isn't Matt Nagy anymore. Remember, they have yeah. an actual head coach and offensive uh, mind. So. Um, I, yeah, I think I think Juju has a great season, and I I, I think his floor is very high. Uh, I just I've been infatuated with Darnell Mooney since the beginning of of his kind of rookie campaign, even even pre-draft. Uh, he was kind of high up on all of my lists as as kind of a sleeper guy, and and it's starting to look pretty good, especially considering Chicago hasn't done a lot to uh, you know to take his targets away from him. Let's move on to the running backs. Chase Edmonds, Damian Harris, Devin Singletary. Keep trade drop. I'll start this one off again. Apparently I'm going first today. Uh, I'm going to I'm going to keep Damian Harris. He is ever, ever undervalued. Uh, no, nobody's ever going to give him the credit because he's Patriots running back. And that might, might be even contribute to the factor of why I want to keep him. Are the Patriots going to pay a running back? No. So Damian Harris, when he gets free agency, is going to slide right into another RB1 role. Uh, I don't think he's, you know, any player with a game-breaking speed or game-breaking talent. But I think that he is, you know, the, the type of running back that's just going to get you carries. The type of running back's going to be getting you, you know, production over the next several years. I'm going to trade Chase Edmonds. Uh, I, I, I think that you can find – I am a Dolphin offense believer, as we'll talk about. I'm a Dolphin offense believer. And you can find the Dolphin offense believer in your league to trade Chase Edmonds to. And Devin Singletary, I don't think he's in the same conversation as these two, mostly from a value perspective. Like I think from a points perspective, Singletary will probably finish in that RB24 to RB28 range. But I don't think he's going to get nearly the respect on the trade market that the other two will. So I, this is a tough one for me because – I really like Devin Singletary. We both love Damian Harris. I've never really been a Chase Edmonds guy, but I get it. So uh, I'm going to go a little bit different route. I'm going to drop Chase Edmonds. Uh, it's death taxes and Miami running backs that don't pan out. I, I, I just feel like we're chasing this and chasing this and chasing this. And this offense really isn't any different, aside from now that they have Jalen Waddell and Tyreek Hill, of what it's been. And to me, that just screams that they're going to be throwing the ball even more. You invest in Tyreek Hill that way. You spend that high draft pick on Jalen Waddell. And this team is now built to go downfield. They're going to put a lot of weight onto his throwing shoulder. And I, I don't think this backfield is going to do really much of anything. I don't think Chase Edmonds is a huge step up from Miles Gaskin. Miles Gaskin. They add Sony Michelle. Uh, they add Raheem Mostert. Uh, you know, the, there's there's a lot of bodies here, and and I, I mean, I'm not going to be convinced that Chase Edmonds is the guy. So I, even though he he might have the most trade value, I think I'm dropping Chase Edmonds just because I don't want to deal with it. I am going to trade Damian Harris. I think his 2021 season, as much as I loved it and enjoyed it, 
I mean, he was pretty propped up by those touchdown numbers. He had 15 touchdowns on the ground, Nathan. I don't know if you knew that. Uh, pretty wild, right? Especially for what was considered kind of a doo-doo New England Patriots offense, a little dink and dunk action. Um, I still love Damian Harris. I- I'm taking him absolutely everywhere. But in this situation, I-, I think I can get the most for him in a trade out of these three. And I do see some touchdown regression probably coming only because there's a better chance that Ramondre Stevenson is is there and, and getting more touches throughout the, the full season. And I'm actually going to keep Devin Singletary here. Um, kind of always been on the Singletary wagon. And, and I know that Chase Edmonds provides a little bit of, of pass catching upside as well. But Singletary has been very consistent through the year. And I know that they added James Cook. I'm not afraid of Zach Moss uh, as far as losing touches for Devin Singletary. But just shy of 200 carries last year, he's been pretty consistent. Even rookie year, he had 150. Sophomore year, he had 150. Last year, he was he was kind of skirting that 200-carry mark. And he's also been very consistent on targets. A rookie season of 41, sophomore season of 50, and last year of 50. I don't really think that number changes a lot. I still think he's just as involved as he was. And the one thing that kind of has been missing was a, a significant number of touchdowns. He did have seven last year, but compared to Damian Harris is 15. Uh, that's just a, that's a drop of tears and a well. So we'd like to see that number get into that 10 range. If you, you know, combine the, the rushing and receiving, and that'll probably make him more, you know, more liable for a, uh, a mid or low end RB two. I, I don't think he's going to be outside the top twenty five for running backs. I just feel like this offense is too good, and and he's been he's had such a nice role in it, and they've fi- kind of figured out how to use him a little bit better. So I, I've got my eggs in the Devin Singletary basket as well. So I'm, I'm keeping Devin. And let's wrap up with the quarterback position. We have, uh, I believe, yep, it's an AFC East uh, triplet. We have the Miami Dolphins to a tag of all, Zach Wilson, Mac Jones. Uh, I'll start. I'll let you start with this one. Okay. Uh, this one's kind of a weird one for me. I think, I think looking at it that because of the addition of Tyreek Hill and obviously them still having Jalen Waddle, Tua probably has the most trade value here because of his weapons. I know he's also probably the most hated of the three, but just you know, we, we've we've had so much hope for Tua, and, and he just kind of hasn't really delivered to this stage yet. So I think I'm going to trade Tua. It's it's a tough one because I, I I do like Tua as well. I just I feel like you could probably get the most for him. And then I get stuck with two, <laughs> the two guys, the one who I proclaimed early on that he was going to be the quarterback one in this class, and... May or may not have proved that last year, but it's still pretty early for all of these in Mac Jones and the polished turd who is a MILF enjoyer, uh, Zach Wilson. So uh, I don't I genuinely don't know what to do here. Uh, I think I just have to kind of stick to my guns. I'm going to keep Mac Jones. Just because I feel like the floor is probably the highest and you're risking a ton of of sealing a ton of upside by not keeping one of Tua or Zach Wilson. But I also, there, I'm like 50-50 on Zach Wilson could become an NFL quarterback or he just really sucks and they're surrounding him with talent. 
because last year all I saw was he really sucks. So I'm going to drop Zach Wilson. I'm going to trade Tua, and I'm going to keep Mac Jones. I will agree with you on the trading Tua part. I, I think that there is the most optimism out of these three with him. Uh, he's shown a little bit at the NFL level so far. The other two haven't shown much. Um, debatable with Matt Mac Jones, of course. But, um, you know, the quarterback that has Tyreek Hill and uh, Jalen Waddell and Mike Gusecki is going to have more value. Like, literally, you could interchange any of these three players. If they had those three weapons, <laughs> they'd be the highest trade value. I'm going to keep Zach Wilson. I, I think he has the much higher ceiling um, and he has the better weapons around him. Uh, and so that's really where I'm at. I'm I'm fine taking the risk on Zach Wilson and him busting versus settling for the mediocrity that I see in Mac Jones. I think he's fine. I think Mac Jones is the baseline level for an NFL starting quarterback. I don't think he's going to lose the job anytime soon because he's a first-round quarterback and he, he plays just fine. He's going to win games with the Patriots. But Mac Jones is, is never going to be the reason why your fantasy team won a game. He might be the reason your fantasy team didn't lose a game. But I think that Zach Wilson has the ceiling to be the reason your team wins a game of fantasy. Hit me, risk adverse Dan. Uh, I, I am the uh, the eternal lover of middling quarterbacks that I know aren't either going to lose their job or lose me a fantasy week, which no, is why. And I, I, which and, I, <laughs> and I like Mac Jones and Superflex Dynasty because of that. Because yeah. you have like you, he's the when you're where he's getting drafted in the fifth, sixth round. After Mac Jones, there's no one that you can say has like long-term starting upside. Right. Mac Jones has that. The question is, does Mac Jones have the ceiling that you want to have with a young quarterback? Well, no, but I, I think for me, it, it's a floor proposition. I, I'm, I think his floor is so much higher than the other two, even Tua's. I, I think Mac's floor, just because of how he's used and the offense the way that it is, that... I just feel much more safety with him. There's no there's no guarantee to a plays a full season. I mean, there's no guarantee anybody plays a full season, but we uh, we have grounds, we have legs to stand on and into and not playing 17 games. And based on what I saw last year, there's a, a, a decent chance that Zach Wilson's just not good. So um, I think because of the cost to acquire, uh, being less with Mac Jones with a higher floor and long-term points. I, I, I don't hate that. Uh, but yeah, I, I very, I know that I'm risking immense upside and getting rid of the other two. Alrighty. That should wrap us up for this evening. No edition of keep trade drop is in the books. We will talk to you guys next week. Any last words, Dan? Make sure you guys get over to Underdog. Use promo code ROTOVIZ on that first deposit. They're matching up to $100, guys. That sounds like a plan, and we will talk to you guys next week. Kadoosh!